My name is Kat Silverglate, founder of the Mobile Mission Project at the Ridiculous Hour Foundation. If you're joining us for the first time, you're joining individuals in nine countries, 44 states, and 260 cities who have received a mobile monthly mission pack from us this month. Practically, here's what that means. We're just a group of folks who are on a journey together to rethink responsiveness to God. For most of us, we're tired of responding to every bell, ding, and whistle that demands our instant attention. We'd really just love to hit the pause button and think about who we're responding to and why we're responding. We ask this core life question every month during our podcast. How would our lives change, our families' lives, our communities, our cities, our towns, if we became ridiculously responsive to the promptings of God. So let's give that some thought as we dive into episode 28 called Small Moves, Big Faith. Here's the story. I was an Irish twin, which means my sister was born in January of 1960 something, and I was born in December of the same calendar year my parents decided to really raise us like twins, which for us looked like this. They bumped me up to start kindergarten at the same time she started. So we dressed the same, we had many of the same teachers, we had the same homework, we had the same expectations in school, but I wasn't the same. I was developmentally almost a full year younger than my sister and physically, I was at least a head shorter than she was. I was at least a head shorter than most of the people in my class. And sometimes when I would get sad because I felt like I couldn't keep up with my very talented older sister, or I felt like the runt of the litter when I was at school, my mom would scoop me up. She was a very sassy Irish mother. She would scoop me up and she would put me in her lap and she would whisper these words in my ear. She called me Kath. She'd say, Kath, good things come in small packages. And then she would start a routine that I would come to know very well. I would call the small talk. And she would start to whisper things in my ear that were small, that came in pretty packages. And she would at first do it with a seriousness that let me know, I understand that you're upset, that you're aching. So here she would start bow ties and perfume and bubble gum and engagement rings and I would start to relax and soften and to smile and I would snuggle up into her comfort and then I would add my own lollipops and M&Ms and Barbie dolls and she would hug me and then eventually when she knew that I was feeling better she'd kind of pull me away from her so I could see her face and she'd get this mischievous look on 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 uh, on her mouth and I knew that this really fun activity was about to turn ridiculous and she would start to list silly things milk of magnesia she would say it's some medicine that my mother would give us for anything that ailed us it was awful peas olives and feeling better now I would say yuck yuck and yum I loved olives she knew that and I would jump off of her lap feeling confident again and full of hope. It's funny to live in a world that 
really doesn't honor smallness. It doesn't make the headlines. It doesn't garner attention. If you looked at life's radar screen, it wouldn't even wiggle the, the needle. We live in a world obsessed with big, big outcomes, big followings, big titles, big results, big names, big moves, big awards, big wins, big deal. I love the verse in Zechariah 4, 9. It says, for, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice. And when you think about what God elevates, what he celebrates in our one ridiculous life, so often it's the small. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. He calls us by our tiny individual names. He, he knows the very hairs on our head. When he talks about faith, he doesn't talk about big faith. He talks about small faith, mustard seed size faith. He doesn't put something big in the hand of David when he goes to face the giant. He gives them five small stones. When he talks about our lives, he talks about things like vapors and mist and blades of grass and sparrows, the smallest of birds. And Elijah, who, who goes through the, the three most terrifying weather events you can go through, a tornado, an earthquake, a forest fire, he doesn't choose to speak to him through any of those big, massive things. He chooses a whisper, a gentle whisper. And to the tiny hand willing to open itself up from a close-fisted shake of I've got this God to a humble I need you, he gives life, life abundant. In February, the theme for this month's mission, the packaging for what we're calling small moves, all of it, they were really way down the road, all the way, all the way um, decided and too far to, to pull back. And a friend of mine, not knowing what the title of this mission was, not knowing what we would be doing this month, she made a small move in my direction. She sent me a simple text. She knew I was getting ready to leave for Arizona for an event that had been a year in the planning. She knew I was busy. So she just wrote, if you have time when you're in Arizona, and then there was a YouTube clip, uh, a link to a YouTube clip, and it said six minutes. So she was letting me know how small this was. So if I had time, I should listen to it before I went. Well, I didn't have time. I said to myself, I'm gonna do this when I get home. I went to the meeting and got busy with that, came home. Five weeks later, I would say about five weeks later, I still hadn't opened it. I had completely forgotten about it. And one day I was in my living room and she, bing, she popped in my head. And so did that unopened text. And it felt like a little poke from God, from above. So I decided to sit down and open it. Here's what I saw when I opened up that six minute YouTube clip. There were two men on a screen, side by side. Clearly one was interviewing the other. The one who was doing the interview, his name is Dallas Jenkins, and he was getting ready to introduce, or was introducing the guy on the right, who apparently was sitting in an airport for this, for this interview in the waiting room. And he gets eight words out. So this is Alex, and Alex is the man that, and he totally loses it. He breaks down crying, loses his composure. 
and he says he's sorry and he pats himself on the chest to comfort himself and he says something like I am going to get really emotional I really didn't expect this so once he composes himself here is the story that he tells on this six-minute interview with Alex. And I'll um, let you know that if you go to our website, theridiculoushour.com, there's also an 11-minute interview that fills in some of the gaps um, the way I'm going to tell you the story here. They're both important to listen to if you're interested in the story. So Dallas was a film director, a Hollywood film director, had investors, the whole nine yards. He had made a movie. It was coming out. Uh, it was the, the morning after it had been released, and the reviews are horrible. It is just absolutely tanking. And he and his wife are looking at this happening and thinking, what are we going to do with our lives? It was clear that his... Um, his role as a Hollywood director was probably going to be over after this. His investors were going to go away and they were trying to absorb the magnitude of how this was going to affect their lives. His wife felt pressed inside of her heart that somehow the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with a few loaves and fishes was somehow important to how they were going to cope with this. She didn't know how, but she felt that God was pressing this on her heart. And this phrase came to her, God does impossible math. So they're talking, they're crying, they're praying, they pull out the Bible, they read this story together, and he says, we got a little bit of comfort from it. But he goes that night into his office, he closes his door, and he's going to do a 10-page memo typing out everything that went wrong. He wants to learn from his mistakes, everything he did wrong, everything they did wrong. What could he do better for the next time? At this point, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and he hears a ding, and it's his Facebook feed. And someone has is alerting him to something on Facebook, and he opens it up, and there is one sentence on the screen. And the sentence says this, Remember, it's not your job to feed the 5,000. Your job is to bring your bread and fish. When Dallas explains how he felt when that happened, he says, it was as if my computer was listening in on my discussion with my wife earlier that night. But of course it wasn't. It was Alex who was in Romania and he had been on his way back from the grocery store with his mother and he also he was a buyer of movies for I think a video store and he knew this movie was coming out and before he had gone to the grocery store he had looked up the reviews and seen that it didn't do well and he felt sad for Dallas so while he was walking back he felt impressed by God to send this sentence to Dallas Jenkins and he says really God I don't really know this guy and he got home he did not ignore it and he just sent it well, it was earlier in Romania. Immediately, Dallas Jenkins responds, do you mind if I ask why did you send that? And Alex responds, it wasn't me. I felt impressed by God to send it. When you hear Dallas tell his story, he says that one that one sentence, that one moment defined his life before that moment and his life after that moment. His life before that moment was a life where he would give great input to something and the results dictated how he felt about what he did. After that moment, he would give great input into something and he would realize the results were up to God. They were not up to him. His responsibility was to do everything he could with the loaves and the fish that God put in his hand, in his case, making movies. I love, 
I, I don't know who wouldn't love this story. It gets better. So Dallas would go on to make movies for his church and he gets found out by someone who is somehow an investor in movies and he says to Dallas, I want to fund the show, this idea that you have um, about a show on the life of Christ, but I want to do it through crowdfunding. And Dallas thought, there's just zero way you can crowdfund enough money to make a whole series on the life of Christ. Well, they raised $10 million, enough for the first season of The Chosen, which has now um, reached millions of people. And Dallas says, oh, that's what God meant by I do impossible math. This story frames what we're going to do this month. In your mission pack, if you don't have a mission pack, just go to the ridiculoushour.com, look on our mission page, and you can look at this month's mission and you can click order materials and we will send them to you right away. You can you can um, figure out what we're doing just by listening to a description of, of how this rolls. In your mission pack, you're going to find a couple things. First, you're going to find what we would call moving stickers. If you're making a big move, you're going to buy these stickers that say living room, family room, storage room, attic, basement, and you're going to put those labels on your boxes so that when you get through your big move, you're going to put everything in the proper place. Well, we're going to use these labels. You have three of them. Uh, everyone has different ones. I'm holding in my mission pack family room, living room, and storage room. I'm going to store stuff in my basement, my attic, my garage. Uh, I have these three stickers and, and I am going to use these stickers to remind me of the small moves I make every day. I go from my bathroom to my bedroom. I go from my bedroom to my kitchen. I go from my kitchen to my living room all day long. And think about what happened to Alex when he was making a small move from the grocery store back to his home. God nudged him. He poked him. And he was asking Alex, will you respond to me? He didn't do it right away. He couldn't because he was on his way home, but he did it right away when he got home. I want you to think every day about your small moves and when you're in the middle of your small moves, when you feel that nudge, when you feel that poke, will you say to yourself, stop, I don't want to ignore this. Will you respond? In your mission pack, you also have a little baggie with mustard seeds. I want you to take those and I want you to look at them. Look how tiny those seeds are. We have a tendency in our culture to say big faith, but God says small faith. Is your faith small enough to respond to that nudge? Are you small enough to respond to that nudge? In that little baggie, there's also a sticker. It says small moves, big faith. And the idea behind that baggie is that you will put it in a in your field of view. You will put it in your way. You will allow it to get in your way all month long so you can ask your qu this question. Is my faith small enough to respond to these things that God is asking me to do? Will you let it remind you that small moves build great faith? I want you to think about how Dallas Jenkins' faith changed with one sentence. Alex responded by sending one sentence. I want you to think about the fact that I am telling you this story because my friend Roz sent me a text message. She made a small move and I eventually made a small move by opening it and listening and now you're receiving the blessing of that. All month long, 
we're going to do this. And I would encourage you at the end of every day to sit and meditate for just a little while with your journal and ask yourself, what small move did I make this day? This day, What small move did I make in faith towards God in the direction that he is calling me? Always, 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 uh, our donate story link is open. We would love it if you shared your story with us because when we share our stories, we grow someone else's faith. Our faith has grown this month because of Dallas's story and Alex's story and because of Ra's small move. I hope your faith has grown just by listening to this. Will you share your story so that others' faith can grow? We're gonna end this podcast the way we end all of our podcasts and we're gonna tell you this. If you don't know where to start with God, don't you worry. He started with you a long time ago. He's never gonna stop knocking. The question for you, the question for me, the question for each and every one of us is this, will we respond? Amen? Amen.